Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Brian, how the hell are you? Dude, I'm doing pretty decent. It's been a good week. Good week. I like it. Yeah, man. I, I've had a busy week myself. Busy, productive, a bit stressful, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh Anyway, you're listening to the Work For It podcast. I'm Brian House. I'm in the studio with Brian Cohn, just me and Brian, the two Brians, the B and B. Back to back. Some might say we're over the air, which might make us air B and B. Hey! I like that. Hey, oh. It is. I am uh, deep into filling a crate with forges. We built four forges for Maker Camp. We will, we will be flying into East Durham, New York, or we'll be flying into Albany and driving to East Durham, New York on Octo- October 4th, mm. and then we'll be staying there for the duration for Maker Camp, and we're really looking forward to it. So many people have reached out to me and are excited because here's what's interesting about Maker Camp. It's a different crew than Blade Show. Yeah. Right? So you got guys that I've never met or hung out with um, but have talked with a lot online uh, for the last four or five years and we've never actually met. So we've got like uh, Jeff Fader for one, you sure. know, like that's a big one. Cause you know, Jeff and I doing the podcast thing and kind of on the same trajectory business wise. And then Mareko Mamasi, Austin Saunders from high caliber craftsman uh, Ronders, but Ronders came down and visited me. Uh, Keith Drennan from the Working Hands podcast. The list goes on. I mean, it's right. it is awesome, and I I'm really looking forward to it. Getting ready for Maker Camp and committing to the Four Forges project <laughs> might have been a bit much for me with all my regular shit. Uh, but for the most part, we're there. We've got the crate packed. We're also bringing five Apollo Forge kits. Mm. to retail sell while we're at maker camp because so many people have reached out to me saying, Hey, are you bringing those? Or can I buy one of those from you when I'm at maker camp? The four that we built for Blackthorn maker camp, uh, Blackthorn resort is where it's held. Those are going to live there right. because they do demos there and classes and hammer ins all the time. I was so, going to say, the the amount that you kitted those things out and put so many logos on there, I sure as hell hope they're staying, and staying yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're staying there. So the those won't be sold. But if you want, I'll, I'll I'll have five kits. They're not complete kits, but they're everything we sell for the Apollo. Mm. And then you need, you need to add the fire brick okay. and some other stuff, you know, like the, the – Propane stand. brass pieces in the stand, yeah. Um, but uh, we'll have those at a discount for Maker Camp people. <clears throat> I imagine they'll sell out. Um, Chris Cash like was messaging me, going, "You're you're crazy if you don't bring any." He's like, right. "It could fund your entire trip up here." And so, super 
grateful for everyone who has reached out about that, and uh, and we're uh, doing that. So if you see me at Maker Camp and you want an Apollo, my guess is they might be sold before I even leave. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Like before I even leave Florida, you know. Right. Um, but, so reach uh, out now. Yeah, uh. <laughs> you might want to reach out if you're going to come there and you want one. Um, so and I haven't really figured out what the discount is. It's just basically going to be without shipping because we're putting it all in the crate and it's all going up there anyway. So probably 50, 60 bucks off, something like that. Um, and then, of course, you'll get a chance to use those forges while we're at Maker Camp uh, in the blacksmithing tents. We're going to be set up with Apollo forges. Everyone will be able to demo those and use those. And then, of course, it's just a good old hangout. We're not really going to do a booth or anything. We're just going to show up and hang out and talk and, you know, use yeah. use our gear and, and just make connections. And, and, and I want to take classes. I want to learn. I just want to go up and make some things. I don't get a chance to do that much anymore in my own shop. So I'm really uh, looking forward to that uh, as a trip up there. And Sarah's coming with me too. So she's going to do the same thing. Nice. Now, are you, I know that they do like a little, what what do they call it? It's not a secret Santa, but where you make something and put it on the table and then they draw names and you go up and grab yeah. it. Are you, are you doing that? I probably, I have been thinking about it actually. Yeah. Um, it's called the maker swap maker swap. I, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like a secret Santa type deal. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. Same concept. They just call it maker swap. And, um, if I have time, yes, I'm going to do something. And I was thinking about doing something in the casting world, like, uh, melt some copper and make something kind of neat, mm. uh, do a copper, uh, piece. But, um, I'd, I'd, I just hope I can do it. If I have time, I'll do it for sure. But uh, I know Keith Drennan's doing it from the Working Hands podcast. Those guys are, you know, uh, hyping it up quite a bit. Um, one of the things about Keith, I don't know if you noticed this, but like, isn't he, you know who Ben Stein is? I've heard the name. Okay. Sure. He's the guy, uh, you've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off where oh, he's yeah. the teacher and he's like, Bueller. Yes, yes, Bueller. yes. Yes. He also had his he had a game show a while back. For some reason, Keith, he's deadpan, right? Keith has like he's just so even keeled with everything yeah. he does and says. Like he's the Ben Stein of the maker world. <laughs> <laughs> he right. looks a little bit like a young Ben Stein, I think. But uh, anyway, so he's gonna do the make. I think he's kind of like leading the charge on the maker swap type deal. So it's nice. the bring your a game type deal. So you make something and you really are supposed to show off your skill sets, mm. uh, the things that you're good at, the things that you do. So you bring something and then you get uh, put in a, a, like the people get tied together and you swap and you give them what you've made and they give you what they made. And it's a whole interesting thing. So anyway, we're doing that. And we're also, we just finished the Arlen James um, the the grinder that we built for Arlen. Yeah. We finished that. We got it all. We Yesterday, Steve and I, after we were done packing all the Apollos and the crate for that, we started wrapping and crating his gear to send off to Arlen. So hopefully before I leave for, I'm sure of it, probably next week I'll be leaving or be sending a crate up to Arlen. I've had a lot of people want me to give Arlen them Arlen's address to mm. ship him something. So see, what, what we're he's gonna like do? A four, he's a fourteen or now fifteen year old kid. Yeah, I don't think he can just give away an address like that. 
Yeah, so what we've decided to do, if you want to send something to Arlen, you can send it to me, and I will crate it and put it in and make sure it gets to him. Um, his family's really cool. Like, we've yeah. been talking with mom, and she's just super grateful. She's, like, unbelievably grateful for all of this, and it, like, like to tears kind of deal. Yeah. Like, it, unbelievable, uh, the, the, the grateful attitude they have. Um, but she agrees. She's like, yeah, I'd really rather not like make our address public and you know, that kind of thing. So if you've got anything you want to send Arlen, that's smaller, you know, not like big things, but like things that would, you know, like knife material, handle materials, pins, you know, things that he could use in his endeavors. Um, it, you can send them to me directly. Okay. And I have, I'll just shoot me a DM on Instagram or send me an email. I'll send you my address. Uh, my address is public. You can my shop address is public. It's out there, so you just send it to there, and we'll make sure it gets to them. But you got to do it sooner rather than later. Right. If you're listening to this, you're gonna want to do it today or Friday. Like you're gonna want to make you know get those things in the box and ship down to us. You know, uh, I'd like to get his crate out by Wednesday of next week, Wednesday Thursday. So you got about a week to get things over to me and then I'll box it up and send it over to him. So that project is coming to a close and we are going to be sending him some other stuff, additional items that we're waiting, like we're waiting on parts. We've got a couple things that we want to send to him um, that just aren't here yet. So he'll get a second shipment. So if you miss this first shipment, there'll be probably a second shipment in another month or so of other gear. So you can hop onto that one too. But here's what I'll tell you. Don't wait. If you think you really want to participate in this and give him something that he could use in his endeavor, you know, don't put it aside because you'll just forget, you know, yeah. just may, do it now and send it down to us at Fort in Fort Myers and we'll, we'll take care of it. So one of my big regrets right now is not getting in on that sticker pack. So my name could get lasered onto that thing. That I, that the way yeah. that that turned out is so freaking cool. I think we could have sold five hundred sets if we told people <laughs> where we were doing that, you know. Yeah. And it was kind of an afterthought when we we sold uh, two hundred to- or no a hundred total uh, sticker packs for that. And so there's a hundred, just under a hundred names because some people, <laughs> some people bought like five sets, yeah. you know, just to donate. And when and then I thought, like halfway through it, I'm like, yeah, we should laser the names on the base plate and make yeah. this kind of like a really cool thing. So, uh, you know, if, there'll be others. Oh, I'm yeah. sure there, you know, like we would love to do this a couple times a year, sponsor a young maker, you know, yeah. and uh, send them uh, some tools. And it what here's what I love about this. I got some criticism uh, over the whole thing, uh, which blows my mind that anybody would see this as a negative thing. Right. Um, but we've had a few people say, you know, this is just a promotional stunt so that you can get your, um, your, your, uh, your, you know, it's like advertising or marketing or whatever. And here's what I'll tell you. The world you live in every single minute of your life, you are being advertised and marketed to by numerous companies billboards, uh, radio, TV ads, internet. Don't get me started on the whole, your phone is listening to everything you're doing. You live in this world. This Wait, is can all I, around. Can I interrupt for a second? Sure. 
This podcast brought to you by Maritime Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, I had to. Yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> you, and and here here's here's what I'm going to tell you. I get that you don't like being marketed to or sold to or anything you know I, along those lines. I am not the bad guy. First and foremost, you think that there's that I have some you know, uh, ulterior motive for this. Yeah. There's a great marketing opportunity here. And yes, that is the oil that, that funnels through this engine of consumerism that we live in, but you're pointing your guns at the wrong person, right? You're, you shouldn't be Brian over at Housemade. I mean, geez, he's just like Elon Musk or Steve jobs or whatever. It's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, the whole point of what we were doing is to make someone's take someone's life, something that they're doing, and highlight the good things, and then sure use marketing and advertising to fuel that trajectory, change that tra- trajectory in a way where it benefits everyone in the room. And if you think that I'm the guy that's you know uh, pocketing all this money, no. No money, nothing came to us that didn't go right back out. And then we put more into that bucket and sent it out. Right. And I got criticized. One guy just said the same thing as some other people on Facebook. Like, why wouldn't you just do this and keep it quiet and just send him all these tools and whatever? That's not the business I'm in. You know, if you think that the that we would do that and not say anything about it you're wrong for one reason and it's because people like to help they want to help yes we could have done it on our own yes we could have just paid for it all and quietly sent it to them but i involved a hundred of my closest people and they all got to be a part of this and it it made a difference in their lives too you, 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 and what I think is sad about people who comment about stuff like this and make these comments is they don't really truly know the benefit of giving. It's yeah. a really a beautiful thing where people get, sure, it's going to get marketed. It's going to get advertised. You know, it's the, it's the whole extreme home makeover thing, you know, but that show was insanely popular. Millions and millions of people watched every episode because they got something out of it. They love to watch people receive something and the and see a family's life changed. And I just don't know any other way of making this make sense. It's to me, if you want to, it's not philanthropic. It's not. It's really. It's commerce, and it's and and I think that's the argument that people are trying to make is that it's it's commerce wrapped in uh, like a like a donation or something. Right. It's just the world you live in, and you know. And what I find funny is that the guns are pointed at me, and they shouldn't be. They it's, it makes no sense. I'm not the guy, you know, taking. I mean, there's a. No, it's. If you look at if you look at the world and you look at some of these, uh, uh, like these uh, religious leaders flying around in private jets and stuff, point your fucking guns at them. You know, if you want to be angry with somebody that who's uh, 
uh, majorly profit profiting off of um, their quote unquote uh, philanthropic endeavors. You know, it's the, those kinds of people. We we really are making a change. And and uh, one guy who posted a comment about it on YouTube, um, I changed his mind. You know, I I wrote back and forth with him. You know, a few times in the comment section. And he was saying, uh, at the end of it, he said, you know what? I want to, you've changed my mind. I want to don't, which by the way, <laughs> I, I started, I was like, is there an ice cube in hell right now? Cause I changed a YouTube commenter's <laughs> mind about something. Holy shit. Now, and did you make crazy. a, vi- did you make a video on this or is this uh short? These were all shorts. Okay. These were all shorts. They were, so we've been, you know, everything we make for YouTube or everything we make for Instagram it now gets funneled into YouTube shorts and TikTok and Facebook. So it's all kind of the same stuff, but it, that's what he was saying. He was quoting or commenting underneath some of the shorts that we had made about the project. So sure. Yeah. Now here's, here's my thought on it. And you know, after this we can change the topic topic or whatever, but you know, when you shout people out or when I shout people out or whenever anybody shouts out a smaller maker, like, let's say you make a little post about them or you do a story and say, hey, go check out this person because they're doing awesome work. Everybody loves that because, hey, you're you're trying to pull up the smaller guy and maybe get some more eyes on their work and maybe you can change their trajectory. The only difference between that and what you're doing is you are actually giving him a shit ton of tools and way more eyes on his work than what could have ever happened in a short or a a quick post or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people are pissed because now there is a monetary, you know, there's, there's money being funneled from all of the group, all of the followers to this one person, like of all things to get pissed at, come on. I know I was really surprised. I mean, it wasn't that many people. It was like five or six people were saying things. And the, the, Oh, then fuck them. Come on. I, what no, are we doing here? You. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, if five or six people are mentioning it, there might be other people thinking it, just not saying something, yeah. you know, and that, that's why I'm addressing it. And it's just, to me, I'm thinking like you, you pick this to, you know, think that this is negative or whatever. And so anyway, we, you know, I used to work in a promotional department for Fox television. We did this exact same stuff. People would, uh, we would have companies that would, um, donate things, give away things for certain groups like the rotary and, uh, salvation army and, you know, all these people that are helping other people. Sure. And they used it as a means to get their logo on TV. Mm. And I, and Hey, that's the world we live in. They're giving away stuff to get, you know, they would, it's like they can choose to buy advertising and they can go off and spend money with Google and Facebook and meta and all that. Or they can do this where they, they change a life at the same time. And so I, that was super powerful to watch that go down. I was in my twenties. I would watch these companies. I'd be like, why are they donating all this stuff? I don't get it. You know? And then I realized, okay, yeah, they're helping others, but at the same time they're getting their, their campaigns in order. They're, they're doing the same thing. And so I will fully stand behind everything that I do. You know, I put a lot of thought behind these kinds of things and take the time to really work them out and make sure that we're not doing, we get a lot of requests for, because we have donated things in the past 
to um, nonprofit organizations or people who are, um, you know, look, we get the messages all the time. I'm a retired veteran. I, you know, and we do that quietly. We don't, we give them things quietly. There's no, you don't even know it exists. It happens every month. We do this all the time. I chose to shout out Arlen and bring him to light because look at the kid. I mean, it just, like you said, it changes how people see him and he gets more followers and more eyes on his work. And that to me makes it all worth it. And I I just love it. So I appreciate everybody who has supported the project and all the folks who had wanted to support the project after it was sold out. The only way you can do that now is to donate an item. Like if you want to like send him something, handle material, steel, whatever it might be, and you ship that to us and we'll ship it to him. Um, I got a ton of requests of people who saw the content later who, like you, Brian, said they wish they had gotten in on it. How can they help? That's how you can help. You can send them something. So that's what we'll do. But, yes, that was my week, man. How about you? What's your week look like? So my week has been, you know, pretty productive. Um, You know, last week I punched that 36 grit. So I was raring to get back into the shop. Um, So I got more profiling done, more, you know, drilled all the holes, heat treated, you know, did all the knife stuff. I'm up through heat treat. Now I'm working on bevels um, on this batch of, I think it's 15, somewhere between 15 and 20. I've added a couple, you know, there's so many times where I start a batch. I'm like, Oh, well, let me go ahead and make this because there's a piece of scrap. I can make a little thing out of that. Oh, well shit. That, that one's already kind of going. Let me go ahead and add that one in. So, you know, this, this, Original batch of 10 has now bloomed up to probably right around 20, but you know, it is what it is. But you know, we did all that, and then um, yesterday we did a I forged my first sand, or I guess what is it where it's five layers of Damascus? Um, it's not sand, my it's it's one go my. Um, I did a live stream with um, Timber Tiger Forge, and we we forged that out for the first time. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I've never done before. It's something that, you know, I've always wanted to try to do. And it was it was fun to do a crazy long live stream actually getting it done. And it was it was really powerful to know that, like, even though I only have a forge and an anvil and a couple hammers, I could still make sand Mai. And it's you know, it's it got through and it stuck and it went very well. So I'm I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, that that was awesome. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it uh, yet because I was doing other stuff. But um, right. I heard from a few people that that tuned in. So then that's that's really cool, man. And um, I did notice that you were making these little tiny, you know, cleavers <laughs> and knives and stuff. I'm like, Brian's going through a scrap bin again, making stuff. <laughs> and that's a hundred percent what it is. Like every oh, yeah. time. Every time I come, I mean, I've, I still get orders for little nano neck knives, but, um, a lot of times, especially if I'm doing a big batch, I'm like, oh, well let's go through the scrap bin and see what's there and see if there's like something cute I can make out of it. So that's kind of been a fun little way to use up some scrap for sure. Yeah. And and they're really cool too. Yeah. Like the, the, the shapes, the profiles you're picking. I, I just yeah. think it's great. Yeah. yeah it's a good it. way to experiment with, with odd shapes for sure. Because, yeah, because you, know, you don't feel the pressure, right? Like, because right. you're like, it's 
freaking scrap. So who cares? Right. You know, like you, if you mess it up, you mess it up. And it gives you that creative uh, freedom. You know, you don't have to think about it too much. You just go for it. And, dude, you're doing some of your best work. Doing those, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like, uh, let me give you – let me tell you a story. So I had to cut a bunch of styrofoam for – uh, these crates and um, stuff styrofoam down into the uh, forges so that the brick when they're shipped doesn't crack. And um, we used your shop knife that you sent me, the harpoon nice. clip. It's got nice. the, uh, it's like a prototype one yeah. that you sent me. Um, and I was with uh, working with Steve Kalb and I'm like, I, I don't know what this guy does to these knives. It's just freaking razor sharp. Like, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, Brian Cone knows how to sharpen a knife. It's just really that that simple. And uh, Steve was using that knife. He's like, this is a great knife. He's like, I'm like, I know, this is a great knife. And we're just talking about your knife while we're and uh-huh. literally beating the shit out of it because we're, we're cutting styrofoam and... You know, we're just not being gentle. We're just doing our work. And um, Wait a it was second. a great knife, and it held up. It was great. Hold on. You're cutting styrofoam. You're not really putting it through the test. <laughs> well, in that case, we're cutting through, like, five one-inch layers of it and going down and just dragging it across some steel stuff. Oh, good. So, yeah, so it definitely it is it's not the styrofoam so much, but the cutting board and surface itself, yeah. which was not so not so good but the freaking stuff whatever that steel is you used it Dude, held up what's amazing to me is so many people poo poo on 10 series steels oh dude no but it's good i have almost all knives that come out of my shop lately has been 1084 okay and i really made the switch to it when i did that um that uh youtube challenge the chopper challenge okay i mean watch that video you can see i mean I heat treated one out of an Apollo Forge and I heat treated one out of a kiln and they both made it through the test flawless. Yeah. And it was just like the fact, the fact that I could chop that rope, I could chop through the two by four, still shave and then bend the bitch in half and it hold up and not crack. I probably could have bent further, but you know, it's, that's right. It's, that was 1084, huh? That's 1084 steel. I mean, out of a forge, you can forge 10 or you can, forge and heat treat 1084 steel so easily and it turns out really good i mean i don't have a rockwell hardness tester to actually test it wait don't you have one of those yeah yeah we dude can you take like the tang of that and like grind a little bit and rockwell test it see where it's at yeah sure yeah uh we're actually going to test some knives for ballaball too yeah he's sending them down to us uh same same situation because brett and i were talking about hardness yeah. We've been doing a lot of heat treating and a lot of testing magna cut for yeah. hardness. And I I have like this is going to be a p- unpopular opinion, but mm-hmm. the guys that are using the files and the guys that are using, you know, the little uh scratch chisels uh, I really, really don't think they should be advertising their Rockwell hardness. Really? Uh, I don't. And mm-hmm. it's because I have a Rockwell hardness tester, right? And we can see massive inconsistencies if you heat treat something and you do not uh, wipe away or grind away at least a little bit of the decarb. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is 
these guys are pulling stuff out of the forge or pulling stuff out of their kiln. They're cleaning it slightly and then they're using these scratch to like you'll get it's, an, it's not accurate. It it's is almost not. it's almost like a like a almost layer kind of like a case hardening situation where like hundred percent it's case hardened. Yeah, yes. yeah. And not to say the knife isn't hard because it might be underneath, but we see like five point swings. Wow. Yeah. And it's and our our stuff is calibrated. Okay. We have it calibrated. So it is accurate. And I just you know, there was a few people that were like, this knife is, you know, 63.5 HRC or whatever. I'm like, bullshit. Mm. You don't fucking know. You have no idea because you're scratching a file across it and you haven't really done the deeper tests. And so we're doing those deeper tests. And and not to say that it isn't a bad thing. Like, I think those files have a place where you can get a within a five point uh, now, reading on now. It. I could see if you're as you're grinding your bevels and you get down into your bevel and then you scratch it with one of those things. Yes. And then, you know, do your finishing at the end because yes. obviously you don't want to just leave those scratches on there. But I feel like that could be an accurate way to use those testers. It could. And it could get you within a point or two. It'll get well, you closer. Then advertised a three point swing. And yeah, I mean, there you go. But the but some of these people. And even us, we we won't even with a calibrated Rockwell tester, we're not going to tell people like it's sixty two point one or whatever because sure. it's just th- these are things that we would we would write down like say we think this knife is between sixty three and sixty five HRC. You mm-hmm. know that's like where we're at with a calibrated Rockwell tester, and so you know, and I'm not trying to shit on anyone's process. It's just be careful with what you say because uh it can blow back on you you know you don't know somebody buys your knife and they might have a rockwell tester and they also you're just giving someone a reason to get pissed at you yeah and (laughs) it kind of is that way a little bit so you know it's hard but what i love about 10 series steels and in particular we use a lot of 1095 i love 1095 it's a great steel like you know and here's here's what i think is the problem is that it's not a fancy name. You know, people no. look at 1095 or 1084 and they're like, oh, it's a 10 series steel. It's not trending. It's not popular. Even like 80 CRV2 now is kind of like shine has come off the apple, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, and then you look at, and Laren Thomas, uh, if you keep up with any of his social media, you'll hear him say this numerous times about the different types of steels. Uh, like nitro V is essentially a E B L it's almost chemically the exact same steel. It's just got a cooler name, you right. know? So it, you know, stuff like that. It's just remember to do your research, really read. I highly suggest reading Laren Thomas's book. Go, always go back to it. Like whenever I'm doing something with a particular type of steel, I will read that little section that he wrote about it in there because it's just, great stuff and you in it's nerdy and it really is important because we're making these thicker clippers we're also making the cliffhangers we're in production mode now and so uh we really want to know like if i heat treat this you know what's it like if i heat treat it to 64 
because some guys are heat treating Magna Cut to sixty five. They're leaving them super hard. Yeah, you know they're they're just, in my opinion, might be a little too hard depending on the application because we've broken tips off of thicker clippers right because they're too too hard and so we've now tr- we're trying to hit the 63 mark which is the reason why we're doing all of this testing well sometimes we'll follow the recipe in the kiln and the temper recipe per Laren's uh, suggestion uh and those knives will come out they're supposed to come out at 63 mm-hmm. and a half ish they'll come out at 66 Hmm. until you grind away that little bit of surface from the, you know, the darkening surface of Magna cut, there is some decarb there. Now, like with 80 CRV two, they will seem soft on the outside, not harder. Like, you know, it won't give you a higher reading. It'll give you a lower reading on the outside. Grind away, a few thousands of an inch off the surface and everything is perfect underneath. That's my argument for those files is you're using those files. You really need to dig down a little bit. So well, give yourself some meat. That's where I on. think my idea of, okay, well this, this is something for you to know that your heat treat is proper yes. is you grind, you grind down on your bevels. And just before you finish up, you use one of those just to make sure it's at the hardness that you want. Then do your finishing work, make that, make those lines go away. And all of a sudden, boom, you know, just as a, your own personal, you know, bit of relief to know that it's, it's where you want it to be. I, I agree with you, you know, screw advertising Rockwell hardness. I mean, first of all, the 0.001% of people that actually know what that means, you know, they're, if it's not even mentioned, they're going to assume better than you know 100 agree if you are then going to put it on there and then somebody gets one and their rockwell hardness tester which may or may not be calibrated could read a false a false whatever and all of a sudden you've got a scandal on your hands screw yeah. that why, why even why, why even, even make in, that invite that yeah why just, even have that in the in the possibilities just know that we heat treated the knife properly right that's exactly. that's it and that's that's all that matters. So you know that's the that's the key here because I've seen a few guys trying to, and, and what I see it is 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 like a flex. Like yeah. I get I get it. You you want people to know that you're heat treating the right way. It's just that you're going to get yourself in trouble if you don't have a, a Rockwell test. Even with a Rockwell test, I'm telling you, it's it's yeah. there's a lot of variables. But okay, so that aside, uh, <laughs> I didn't I don't know how we got off on that tangent, but. Um, <laughs> One of the things I wanted to talk about and promote a little bit is today, you're listening to this, it was Thursday, Dennis Terrell and I are releasing YouTube videos in tandem about his perfect edge sharpening jig that fits on 2x72. That's what I was seeing because I saw saw that video where Brent is putting on this crazy, crazy edge where it had the burr that looked like it was about damn near a quarter inch long. Yes, uh, it, and so uh, Dennis and I have been collaborating on this for quite some time, and he wants to get into the same space we're into, which is making tools and selling tools. Mm. And he said, "Hey, would you help me? Would you retail this? Would you? Can we do this together?" And I said, "Sure, let's do it." Uh, he sent us a couple of them. We've been testing them and putting them through the the, um, the all the uh, stress tests and everything, and just. He built it just the way I would have built it, which yeah. is overbuilt. It's yeah. rigid 
It is fucking rigid, and I love that about this piece of tooling because it's. I I, I we have a, okay. Let me just get, let me just go down the line. We have a Wicked Edge. We have a TS Prof. We have uh you know all the little uh, stones you know hand stones. And we have this. We have this sharpening jig, the perfect edge that he's come up with. And, you know, my take and your take, too, is sharpening out a belt is much quicker. Mm-hmm. You can do it. The downside is if you don't have the muscle memory mm-hmm. to keep the angle correct, <laughs> you are going to have or, a bad time. Or, you God know, forbid, you have a, an edge touch or a, a, a point touch and all of a sudden... Uh-huh. You do it like I do, and the knife gets thrown in your face. You know, it's super sketchy. But I have been, um, I have been very ignorant about. Well, I want it coming towards me because then I can watch the burr form all the way along with it, like right there in front of my nose. But you know, if it is in reverse and you have this jig holding you in the correct position, first of all, you're taking out that variable of. You know, what if what if all of a sudden you sneeze or you're listening to a podcast and you laugh and you touch the face or you go too steep or whatever? If little little shitty things like that happens, of course. You've done but, all this work to get to that point and yeah. then one slip. I mean, I've done that multiple times where I'm listening to podcasts and like I literally at one point I forget which podcast I was listening to. But I literally threw my head back and laughed while I was doing an edge like I normally do with the belt coming in my face, like coming towards me. Sure. And I threw my head back and laughed and I touched a Damascus face to that edge. Oh, had had to restart. Had brutal. to re Yep. It sucks. It, it totally sucks. But um, you know, the fact well, you know, once I if I don't know how to say this, but you know, a grinder that can track and reverse is huge for this this uh, situation. Yeah, and and in forward. In fact, Dennis does it the way you do it, which is he has the blade, he has the belt turning towards you like a normal situation, right. not running in reverse. And but it's safer because there's a like a clamping system here right. with a rail that keeps the blade from being able to be thrown. Yeah. Um, I don't do it that way. And the beauty of this system is that it's insanely rigid, but it's also super versatile. You can change. So um, we sharpened three knives yesterday, each one maybe five minutes. The the, the, The one you saw on the reel that went viral yesterday, that one took a lot longer because there was a probably an eighth of an inch chip taken out of the surface of it. So we were trying to work that out. That thing was a machete. It had to be like 12 inches long or more. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a 14-inch long machete. <laughs> of so course it's going to take more than five minutes. Yeah, but, but honestly, dude, if we weren't filming, it probably would have taken like maybe 20 total like to get the yeah. chip out and everything. So it was – what I love about the system is that it keeps you honest. It's, it's And also, the way we were set up, we're running in reverse and we're running that, 14, that massive contact wheel, 14-inch, and we're grinding right behind – the 14 inch contact wheel. So we're able to get a concave grind on a, on a belt and work basically reprofile that knife using that jig. And you saw the, uh, the, the, the bevel that came off of that thing. Oh yeah. It was beautiful. Unbelievably beautiful. And 
So the argument is, is when you're doing these big, long knives, machetes, swords, you could potentially use this as like a bevel jig and yeah. create bevels like comp and with complicated geometry. And in the video, uh, you're going to see us do a recurve as well. Wow. So with this system, it's very possible. And it's literally in five minutes, razor, razor sharp. Yeah. Dennis makes a couple of really great arguments in his video, which is Wicked Edge is great. Yes, it is. We love ours. We have one. They are expensive. This is a $1,000 plus device. The TS Prof, same thing. Six, seven hundred bucks. That's just the buy-in for the original equipment. Yeah. When your diamond stones wear out, and they do, really, not doesn't take very long, uh, then you have to replace the stones. They are 150 bucks a set, you know. So you're talking a lot of investment here to achieve the same thing that you can achieve with a freaking 2x72 belt. We're talking yep. 30, 50 bucks in belts, and, you know, the, what the cost of the system is, you're still well, well below what you would pay to have a TS Prof or a Wicked Edge. And I can honestly say the Edge is as good as good as those systems. So, um, and I love this stuff because here's the other thing. Dennis is building these in his garage with his son. Right. I mean, it's literally the garage band situation, right? The, right. you know, the small time makers doing stuff. Not, not that Dennis is small time, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Smaller one man maker, shop. one man shop, two man shop doing this work part time, uh, drilling, tapping, grinding, cutting, you know, you can't what 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 is there to like about that you know that's right. how house made was started and i love that so um of course i want to collaborate with dennis of course yeah. i want to work with dennis but i would never endorse something that i didn't fully believe in there's one caveat with that system uh though what we found is that with smaller blades like 1 inch to from spine to heel <laughs> it's tough it's yeah. tight it's, you know, with the clamping system and the belts, you're going to dick around a little bit to find the right angles. You can do it. We did it yesterday. It's just, it's not as easy, say, with chef knives or bigger knives, you know, things that have a deeper belly on them because you need a little bit of distance using that clamping system. You need a little bit of distance. Other than that, it is insanely perfect. Like, you know, but here's the thing. Even with the like doing a small knife, like we have um, a Tormek, which again is like a $1,200, $1,500 system that I never use. I It sits there. I love looking at it. It's a beautiful tool. And if at some point I get like a bunch of time and, a, you know, I'll stick up my butt, I want to go use it, I'll use it. Sure. But the with a smaller knife, you can, you even have trouble on the Tormac doing it because it's oh, the yeah. same clamping system. The reason why it works easier on the Tormac is because it's a wheel and it's an eight inch wheel, right? So you have a little bit more clearance. So the problem can be solved on a two by 72 by simply switching over to say a 10 inch contact wheel. Not everybody has that. So it's like, you know, there's a little bit of investment here and yeah. there. And if you want, you know, this thing is not ideal and this thing is not ideal, but a lot of it is ideal. Now, That's what I love about it. Here's a question for you. So 
it has to be done on with a with a large wheel attachment in front of it or could you do it off of the the flat platen the top of the belt no you can do it with a flat platen the top of the mm. belt hands because that's, down can that's do how it. i do it i do it right behind the 2 inch wheel that's exactly how dennis does it the he does it with it fa- like you do facing right. you know the edge facing my yeah. preference is, you know, the revolution can run forward as well as it can run backward. It, it, yeah. It's it, perfect. So uh, I, I used his system the way I would do it by hand, which is roll the the platen forward slightly so the top wheel's a little lower than it normally mm-hmm. would be, and then uh, sharpen on the top of the belt. Then we swapped over to the 14-inch contact wheel and did those big blades, yeah. and it was just freaking sick like yeah. it worked so well it, it was easy to set up easy to build take you five ten minutes to build it you get all the parts the only thing you don't get is the clamping system that holds the knife you can get those on amazon uh for yeah. you know 20 bucks or something but he doesn't sell those because not everybody uses the same wants the same kind of clamp mm. so many people need wider and longer i would imagine at some point We'll find a distributor that makes them where we can get them cheap enough to retail them. Uh, but as of right now, you get the you get everything is set up the rail system and a tooling arm, so it all fits in there. So anyway, you, if you're interested in buying one of those and supporting Housemade and Tyrell nice knife works, uh, go to housemade.us, check it out. Um, and uh, also, I would highly encourage you to check out Dennis's and my video on YouTube uh, as the collab. Uh, you know, watch them both so you can get some different ideas of how this thing works. When does that drop? Well, if you're listening to this on a Thursday, it drops today. Hell yeah. It's today. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what time, probably in the morning or something, but nice. <clears throat> I've already seen Dennis's video and I'm in the process of editing mine. So of course I'm behind on everything, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's part for the course. And since we're talking about it, Let's talk about our sponsors for today's show. That's BakerForge.com. If you're looking for some of the best, the best steel, beautiful, complicated patterns, go to BakerForge.com and you'll quickly see that they are masters. They are warlocks in their workshops building the steel. And no doubt about it, if you use their steel, you can ask so much more money for your knives. Oh, yeah. And then... On top of that, you don't have to buy a power hammer or a press. You don't have to stand in a sweaty hot shop in front of a sweaty hot forge to build all this stuff. They've done the hard work for you. Make the knife, sell the knife, 10x your profits with BakerForge.com. And if you use the promo code WFI10, you get 10% off your purchase. There How it about is. that? Boom. And when you're ready to finish that knife, what are you going to do? Oh, you're you got to go over to Maritime Knife Supply because they've got the best tools, the best handle materials, the best st- mono steels, stainless, high carbon steels. Come on. You got to go over to Maritime Knife Supply. That's MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. Go check them out. Go let Lawrence Lake know that we sent you from from the Work For It podcast. And also, he does really good shipping. It's It's just as fast as if he's in the U.S., but he's hopping that border. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if it's 100% legal, but he's making it happen. That's for damn sure. <laughs> like five years from now, Lawrence is going to end up in some weird Canadian <laughs> prison for <laughs> shipping all this stuff super quick across the border. <laughs> yeah. And we made it happen. <laughs> Sorry, Lawrence. Uh, okay, so 
appreciate those guys that are sponsoring the show, and we appreciate our patron supporters. Uh, we have some new patrons this month. Nice. Um, some people have signed up, and we truly appreciate you guys for as little as $10.80 a year. It's like essentially a Starbucks cup of coffee these days. <laughs> you can join up. Uh, two new patrons, Hummingbird Knives. That's Jeff, Jeff Jones. We appreciate you, buddy. And Roger Hibbard. Roger Hibbard. Okay. Uh, those two uh, had joined up. And we have, let me just see what our active patronage is. We're back up to 143 patrons. Uh, and uh, you can join up as well. Just go to patreon.com forward slash work for it and uh, join up. And you get a chance to ask us a question. We'll answer it in the after show. Um, I think we should probably do a dad joke. Sure, we can do that. Before we get too deep into the patronage question. Because we got a good one this this week. It's a it's a, it's a good question. Um, well, sweet. Hit me with the dad joke. I, you know, I'm looking for the one that I want. Hold on. Because Mr. Nate Wapole. Do you know Nate Wapole? <laughs> I actually have had you ever met him. Oh yeah, we've we've met. We've actually been um, talking back and forth a lot this week. He's he's a great dude. He is a great guy. He's uh, from Walrus uh, for, uh, Walrus, Walrus Steel. Steel. I want to say Forge, but it's Steel. Uh, he has he has become a friend of mine, like one of those uh, internet friends that becomes a real life friend, and you know all of that stuff. So it's it's great to be a friend with Nate, and he has sent me a whole bunch of dad jokes, and always sending dad jokes. Um, I found out my baked potato was allergic to sour cream. Oh, yeah? It broke out in chives. <laughs> chives, chives. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Um, let's let's look at... Do we have time for WFI projects? We probably do. Yeah, we'll we got plenty of time. But before, before we do that, if you guys are wondering about some really great um, handle material... Go talk to Walrus Steel about I pay wood. He he asked what me about it. Called? it. I pay. I, I pay? or maybe it's Ipe I P E okay. wood. I think it's from like Central America or South America, somewhere down there. But um, so he asked me about it because I did a couple handles with it, and then he bought like enough to do two hundred handles worth, and he loves it. So if you ever, I don't know. I mean, don't don't go flooding them. Don't go, you know. Asking, I don't know. Go, go and talk to him about it because he's like super hyped about it right now. Now is he we, selling we it or is he just hoarding it? He's like, what's, he's what's hoarding it to use it. Like he is loving it. So I don't know. All right. I feel yeah. bad because now I just I I'm sure I just <laughs> flooded his his inbox. Do do yourself a favor before you hit up Nate. Just Google it first and yeah. then look at it. How about that? Okay. Well. Hey guys, go! He's doing some really cool stuff with Ipeboard. You should go look at that stuff too. Maybe, maybe don't you know flood his inbox? I don't know. I love. God damn it! Sometimes I just start talking and don't realize what I'm saying. Until I know, I, I know, and it's like because I was thinking like, where's he going with this? Is he is like Nate selling this stuff or what? No, uh, he just really likes it. We've been talking about it a lot this week. Uh, all right, sorry guys. Um, 
I am scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through WFI projects, and uh, we have almost 15,000 tags on on this. And uh, I'm going to shout out uh, Manny G over at Parable Knives. He did a reel, since we're talking about sharpening. He did a reel on his Tormek system. And I just shit all over my Tormek system, Manny. I apologize. And here's the thing. I love my Tormek. It's just when I have these really quick, easy ways to put an edge on a knife, I always default to the easy stuff. Um, and it makes me, like, I'm watching him use his Tormek, and I'm like, fuck, I got to get that thing out. I really want to, I love the process of using it. Yeah. It's just, I never, I just don't use it. So, but he made a reel um, on uh, WFI Projects, his hashtag, uh, he used the hashtag, that's Manuel Gutierrez. Um, he is, he has 3,774 followers. He always makes great content. Go check him out. And his knives are amazing. I just love watching him work and he documents a lot of his work and shows off and shows how he does it. And perhaps I just need to watch him use his Tormek and I'll learn something and, and I'll, and I'll get fired up again about using it. But, uh, but yeah, go check out Manny. Abstract underscore blacksmith. That's Lando from the Forge side chat. Um, yeah, great podcast. Love that podcast. But he is showing off a small selection of the many, many hammers he's he's shipping out that he's made. And he says here that, um, you know, these are just a couple of the hammers that he's showing off that he's shipping out this week. Um, but he said that he makes most of his hammers somewhat at a spontaneous approach, which leads to some interesting shapes. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, you think, you know, he's selling hammers. He's got to be, you know doing the same hammer over and over again. No, every single one of these is vastly different from the next. It's so crazy that he's able to make and send out so many crazy shapes for, I'm sure they're all for specific, you know, forging projects or forging, you know, things. It's, it's, it, I love Lando. He's really cool. You guys should go check him out. If you're looking for a new podcast, go check out the Forge chat. It's fun. It's very Canadian, but it's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of people who regularly contribute to WFI projects and have podcasts, if you haven't listened to the episode with David Baker on uh, the Hustle and Grind podcast with uh, Noah and Ryan, you got to go listen. It's excellent. So um, I'm actually I have that queued up for when I go out into the shop today. I'm yeah, listening to yeah, it. and uh, that those guys are just crushing it, man. They're doing great work. And so they've really taken that podcast to the next level. Mm. Go listen to the Hustle and Grind podcast. I'm going to shout out uh, Gentry, Matt Gentry. Who's not that? that he, not that he <laughs> needs me to promote anything he's doing, uh, but he has a get this. When I met Matt the first time, he had twenty some thousand followers. He is now at a hundred and three thousand followers. Matt Gentry. You son of a bitch! You pass me up. All right. Um, anyway, the the uh, the knives that he's making, the muck M U K. Yes. He's just got it. You, you you just see it and you love it. And he's done done doing great work. Um, and in fact, this what's funny about this post is that it WFI projects doesn't seem to like it. Just randomizes dates, yeah. and I think it maybe does it by how many likes or something. Um, and this post is from May. 
So, but anyway, it's just a beautiful piece. It's desert iron, desert ironwood, which I'm a huge sucker for. I love that. Matt, just keep killing it, brother. You're doing great work. Uh, all right. So, thank you for contributing to WFI projects. Make sure you use that hashtag, and we could pick your project and shout you out. There it is. Um, so the question this week on Patreon is comes from uh, a, a person named Jesse, um, and he has uh, he has kind of a deep uh, question about. Uh, I'll just read it. He says he's a longtime listener. He's been a part of the group for a few months. Uh, he says I'm a I've been blade and blacksmithing for a few years on and off. I have a question that doesn't have to be talked about on the podcast. I deal with very bad depression and anxiety, Mm. and I've had this all my life, which has cost me to miss out on lots of opportunities job-wise, fun-wise, and learning. And I'm wanting to know if you have any suggestions on how I can get myself motivated when I'm in a depression episode to get out to my shop and to overcome my anxiety to actually show what I make people. I sometimes show my family, and my anxiety makes me think they are just being nice and telling me it looks good, but I'm just too nervous to show it to anyone else. I enjoy making stuff, and I usually end up trashing my projects when I'm done because Mm. I think they are no good. For my background, I'm a husband to a wonderful woman and a father to two amazing children, and I want to provide more for them by one day getting good enough to sell my work, and I'm bringing money home from turning my hobby into a side hustle and um and supplement his day job he says i'm a machinist by trade mm-hmm. uh i have a very uh unique perspective on this jesse uh i have dealt with anxiety for my entire life as well and depression and so uh let me let's talk about mental health in the after show and i want i'm going to tell you the recipe that i use uh, every single day of my life, I use this recipe. It is definitely not something that, um, you know, it is like you do it once or twice and it solves your problem. This is a lifestyle. It is an yeah. active, um, constant lifestyle of fixing it. And Brian, I know you also yep. have dealt with this as well. Oh, yeah. So, we're, and we're going to take a positive spin on this. I know it's a deep, okay. dark question. But it's now, a po- we're going to take a positive spin on this. Now, I I appreciate our Patreon people, and I love you guys. But maybe it's time for them to – this is such an important thing that maybe we do a free, you know, after show. Yeah, because you I, I would really on? like for as many people – first of all, you're getting a taste for a little bit of what the after show is like. We let our hair down. What I mean, I don't have any hair, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um Maybe this is a good opportunity to kind of show off what the after show looks like. Maybe it'll entice a few people to, you know, sure, give a it a idea. try. But I feel like this is such an important piece of content, a very important topic that I would hate to put a paywall over it. Let's do it. Let's let let's leave it in in the edit, and we'll also post it to Patreon just in okay. case people don't. Sure. You know, under like they they don't listen to the whole show and they don't know. But yeah, well, let's yeah. leave it in. I agree with you 100. percent So let's talk. And about it. you know, maybe we can do a quick 10 minute for a, a second topic for the Patreon, just so that they don't feel like they're getting ripped off here. <laughs> no, we're ripping them off this week. They're getting right. a full on rip up. No, I'm kidding. But uh, all right, let's. So you ready? You ready to end the show sure. and then move on to the after show? Sure, we can you do got, that. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening in. 
And uh, as Brian said, we're going to do a free after show, so you can continue listening after the music is all ended and everything. We're we're going to run the run the show like we normally do, but you're going to be able to listen to our answers to this very important question. Um, thank you so much for changing my life. This is the work that I've always wanted to do. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. It has become my life. This maker community, um, being a business owner, enjoying commerce, uh, making money, uh, being on a podcast and discussing things, making friends, finding my freaks. It has all been a part of my journey and I am so grateful for it every single day. Thank you for listening and supporting our show. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Follow us on YouTube and on TikTok and on Instagram and on Facebook. And just a like, share, or a comment goes a long way. So thanks so much. We'll see you in the after show. That was some really good vamping there because that was a long outro music and you did a great job. You are warmed up for doing oh, that YouTube man. video. Uh, that, is uh, that is exactly about... my YouTube ending. Yes, that's it. Uh, don't good forget job. to like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Um, uh, so, all right. So getting to Jesse's question about anxiety and depression. And yeah. there's a holistic approach to this because, yes. you know, uh, some people take medication. And some people need it, you know, like yeah. the, the actual pill, right, that you swallow. Um, I don't do that. I did for a while, and I tried it. And what I found was, for me, it just it, it modified who I was as a person, and I just didn't want that. Yeah, I was looking for answers in a lot of things. Number one, substances. Always searching, like alcohol, food, sugar, sure. um you know, uh, I dabbled with the devil's lettuce at one time in my life. I, I don't do it anymore. Brian House. Yeah. Oh, come oh, on, sure. man. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Smoked a little weed and uh, yeah. and it, it just didn't sit with me. None of those yeah. things sat with me. I did find myself falling into alcoholism in mm-hmm. my late 20s and through my 30s, I would say. Almost all of my 30s. I, I consumed alcohol regularly. I don't know if... Uh, I would be considered an alcoholic or not, but I definitely was leaning towards that. And it was because I was trying to deal with the the pressures of life. You know, I was medicating, self-medicating with these substances. And it wouldn't be until probably my early to mid 40s where I really truly found the solution to this. Mm. And the solution was 100% um, a, a bunch of things. There's a lot of things here in this ba- basket for me, and not everybody's the same. But here, here's one. Here's a big one. Uh, the substances were not helping. In fact, right. they were doing the opposite. So alcohol, believe it or not, in a short term, it will solve your anxiety short term. But here's what it does the following day. It makes you even more anxious than you were because you're mm-hmm. going to go into a slight detox uh, which brings anxiety and tension. It can raise the blood pressure. It is just not good. Cut well, you, alcohol, hundred percent. Stop. One Stop of the all. one of the reasons why you know I very very seldomly drink, and when I do, it's like a beer at most. Um, it's it's you know you're robbing tomorrow for tonight, yeah. and that's it, what are you gaining? Come Nothing. 
You're Zero. losing, you're losing your productivity tomorrow or your mental health tomorrow or just your health in general tomorrow so that you can have a little bit of a better time tonight. And yep. even if, even if it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, I mean, some say that I'm kind of straight laced or, you know, a little bit too goody two shoes about it, but I've never really enjoyed the feeling of being drunk or hammered or shit. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's never really given me the appeal. I know that there's a lot of people where they really enjoy it and it's out there, but <sighs> yes, it wears I, off just like does. everything it wears off. And so, uh, even let me just give you a, a frame of reference. Even if you drank, um, and got drunk every single day. Yeah. Uh, it takes just like anything, it takes more and more to keep you feeling that, that euphoria that you get when you drink. Okay. And, and as you're drinking more and more and more, because your body's building a tolerance to it, you're doing even more damage to your, to your mortal coil. Yeah. Um, and as you get older, like me, I'm in my, uh, mid to late, uh, 40s, that will catch up to you. You will have uh, physical ailments that come from it. So, highly suggest removing alcohol from your diet completely. Yeah. And and if you do drink, it should just be one beer, one glass of wine, whatever it might be. But I even that I I don't think is a good thing. Yeah. People do use marijuana for the same purpose. I can't speak on that because marijuana and me do not mix. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like the feeling of being high. I don't like the anxiety that comes with it. I dislike it altogether. And there's some people that just absolutely love it. And I get that. But at the same time, uh, it's not for me. And I don't. And I would highly suggest if you're d depressed or anxious that uh, it's probably not for you either. Here's here's the, the, the cause of most depression and anxiety. Most people think it's a physiological issue, like you have a chemical imbalance. Something is wrong with you physically. Mm -hmm. I have a – I don't think that's true. I think that it's because of you, where you are, the things that are happening around you, your perspective. The number one thing that I have done to change uh, my, my feelings towards uh, uh, like myself, depression, anxiety is take action on things. Don't sit on things. Get started. That's the hardest part. Yeah. I want to go do something. I'm feeling down. I don't want to do it. I don't want to get up today. I don't want to go to work today. I don't want to run on the treadmill for two miles today. I don't want to do it. So here's what I do. I trick myself. I talk to myself. I go, look, you just get up. You know, go take a leak. Get up. Good. Just get out of bed. Put your shoes on. Okay. All right. Take a leak. Put your shoes on. Well, you got your shoes on. You might as well go do five minutes on the treadmill. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. I feel better when I run on the treadmill. Get a little exercise. Five minutes turns into 10 minutes. 10 sure. minutes turns into 20 minutes. 20 minutes turns into 30 minutes. I've now run two miles. By the time I hit that 30-minute mark, I feel so good that I, I had achieved this. Yeah. But I had to trick myself. And there's some days where I had, like, I just had to beat myself into getting into action, moving, yeah. doing something. And then I find, and this is why I have it tattooed enormously on my arm, the word momentum. 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 You have got to have momentum. And the only way that you're going to get anywhere is to start. We, we said that great quote, you know, if you want to be great, 
you, if you want to start to be great, you have to start. And that's a Zig Ziglar quote or whatever. I don't, I'm saying it wrong, but the start is the hardest part for us because when you're depressed or you're anxious and you're worried, your mind is worrying about something like I'm today. I might have a heart attack today. I might die today. I might get in a car accident. I might get on that airplane and fly to Albany and it could crash into the fucking mountains and the Catskills and I could be dead. And guess what? Nothing would change. It would make a momentary, small, minor change in the people who are in my immediate sphere, but life would go on. Right. It would not change much for most people. And that is important to know is that you have to let go of all of these feelings of being the thing that's around you that's making the most impact. You are making a difference. But right. if you're sitting there and you're worried about every single little thing, you're actually taking steps backwards. Right. You're not moving forward. So now you're you're stuck in purgatory. You're stuck. And you don't want to be there, Jesse. I can hear it in your voice. You don't want to be there. Right. You want to keep moving. Get started. So no. no alcohol. Let's go back over the recipe real quick. No alcohol. Daily exercise. And start with walking. Make it simple. Don't overdo it. Start with walking. Uh, Brian's playing pickleball. He's doing his thing. He's getting moving. Uh, the next step is to take action. Start something. Make something. Do something that makes you feel good. Yeah. Uh, and the third part of it, I've always said this in the podcast, or fourth part about this, is that if you've got a relationship going with somebody and they, uh, like say, you're married, Jesse, and I'm married, I have always discovered the things that make me feel good are giving and giving to those who are closest to me. So grab some flowers for the wife on the way home. Give them to her. Tell her you love her. Cook her a dinner. Make your kids something they love, mac and cheese, whatever it is, hot dogs, whatever. You know, kids love that shit. Yeah. You do something to give to them because here's what I discovered when I was depressed and anxious. I was depressed depressed and anxious to the point where I was no longer participating in the happiness of my family. Mm. That was causing marital problems and issues with my children. Then the snowball starts. It's rolling. All of a sudden, now those little things that I stopped doing turned into big things. I could totally reverse that with some flowers with a meal with uh hey let's go watch a movie or hey let's go do this give them something sure. that they that they love not something that you love something they want or love and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a thing it can be time it can be kids spell by the way kids spell love t i m e okay yes. that's how they spell it so do those things give because now you are rising above yourself, which means you're rising above your depression and your anxiety. You're rising above all that. And soon enough, what will happen is that you will forget that you're anxious. You'll forget that you're depressed. These habits will start forming. It's a recipe and it's a daily recipe. This is not something that you can even ease up on one time. Do not tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to run Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm going to get on that treadmill and walk Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You could start there, but here's what I'm going to tell you. 
there's seven days in the fucking week and you got to do it every day because it has to become a habit. We have become soft and it's because we have all the creature comforts. We have all these things that are given to us. We have a soft bed to sleep in. We have air-conditioned homes. We have cars that have air conditioning in them. We don't work like we used to work. We're not out in the fields. We're not forging the massive tools anymore. These machines make them. We are soft. And you need to harden yourself up. You need to callous your mind. And the only way you can do that is by taking my pills, my recipes, no alcohol, daily exercise, start, and then start giving. Those are the things that will 100%. And by the way, every day, do not change the recipe every single day. As if I am a doctor and I am telling you, you have to take this pill every day. You have to do those four things every day. Every day. Don't give up. Mm. And then once you've done that for a series of, say, because it takes about 30 days to build a habit. Sure. After day 30, you're going to realize that you have far out, you've gone past where you've ever wanted to be. 30 days to change your life. 30 days. You've got, I don't know how old you are, Jesse, but I'm assuming you're in your 30s. If you've got 30 years behind you, you have 30 years ahead of you. In 30 days, you can change that 30-year future. It is not easy. It will feel like shit. It will be hard. You will be uncomfortable. And that's part of it too. And that's okay. You can do that too. You can be uncomfortable. You can be hot. You can be sweaty. You can hate doing certain things because it makes someone else happy. That's okay too. But you're going to do it because you want to change. You want to make a daily change. You don't want to live in a prison known as your mind anymore. And neither did I. Yeah. But dude, I will t- let, let me tell you something. I'll tell you guys something that I've not really talked about publicly. I had an issue where I was having panic attacks daily where Holy I shit. would I would feel like I was having a heart attack. And I would I would have to sit down and I would have to like clench my chest. I would lay sometimes I would just lay down on the floor to stop them, right? And it, it and it was true panic because I have an Apple Watch and it would tell me like you went from a, you know, 75 BPM to 165. Oh my god, Brian. My heart was just racing in my chest. And then of course, afterwards, you have this adrenaline dump. Right. And you're exhausted. You can't do anything, which led to depression. Every single day this was this was happening to me. So when I would go to exercise, my brain would say, "Your heart rate is up. You're panicking. You can't do this. You're breathing heavy. You're panicking. You have to stop." So I would get panic attacks on the treadmill. Oh my god, Brian. And it would it would it would make me feel like the lowest piece of shit. I would I would just I would sit there clenching my chest thinking the worst, you know, in panic mode. Sometimes like I'd have to just lay down on the floor just to stop doing what I was doing. It was awful. It it turned me into the biggest freaking worm. I just looked at myself and in so much shame. It was awful. And then I just realized that I was my own worst enemy. 
that I was doing this to myself. I went to a doctor. I got checked out. I was like, is there something wrong with my heart? And, you know, like, and they're like, no, no. Like, physically, you're totally fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. And then I started my recipe. I started thinking clearly when I could, okay, today I'm going to take action. Today I'm going to give something to somebody. I'm going to I'm going to make somebody in my family happy. I'm going to do something for someone. I'm going to start slowly, start walking on the treadmill. And no joke, when I started this treadmill thing, the 2 miles on the treadmill, now Brian, I run. And I look at my heart rate on my watch and I'm in the 150s on my heart rate and I'm just fucking cruising, baby. There it is. Cruising. And I'm and I when I get done with my exercises, I've got now I've got an endorphin rush, which feels great. Oh, it's like better than any drug. It's better than any alcohol. It's better than anything on the planet. Feeling that endorphin rush from being, you know, active. And that follows you all day long. It comes with you all day, all day. You feel accomplished. When I look at myself in the mirror, I take my shirt off and I'm, you know, I'm a 46 year old, almost 47 year old guy. I'm looking at myself and I'm going, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not freaking atlas over here i you know or i'm not david you know I, I i don't look like i'm not chiseled but i feel pretty decent about myself you know mm-hmm. it's not terrible and what was happening was is my self-perception was was causing a lot of these problems i wasn't i was i was giving in to laziness <clears throat> i was giving in to uh fear and panic i was giving in to those things and I was trying to offset them with substances to just make myself feel normal again. And, and that it didn't work. It was you know, the opposite. There's a recipe there that, you know, you're if you're dealing with toxins, you're going to get you know, it's gonna it's gonna blow up in your face. Like it doesn't it doesn't work. it doesn't matter how good it makes you feel, it's or if it's working for the short term, it's never gonna work long term. And also food is a, an addictive substance, yep. and most people don't realize this. They overeat, and so they overeat, and then they feel terrible about themselves. Yeah. Um. And you know, you you got to really look at your food intake as well. You don't need as many calories as you think. And so I started weighing all my food. I started looking at what the things that I was eating, and like, oh, like I I love I love this like sweet popcorn stuff I buy from Sam's Club, sure. and I'm like, oh, it's 160 calories for a serving. You know, and I'm looking at it and which sounds like a lot, but I'm like, oh, no, you know, that's that's, you know, it's a snack. It's a fun, like sweet snack. Well, then it was like it told me how many grams was in a serving and I weighed it out. And no joke, it was like five kernels of this stuff. (laughs) This is fucking criminal, by the way, Sam's Club. You shouldn't be able to tell people this, but, you know, it's like you should really tell them that, you know, if you eat a handful of this, it's like 500 calories of shit. Right. So. I started to really take a fine tooth comb and go through every single one of my daily activities from getting up to my showering, to my food intake, to the things that I was putting in my ears, the things that I'm listening to, the things that uh, the people I'm around, you know, all of this stuff, because it really can make these small minor changes can make a difference in your life and anxiety is not something you were born with. It's not something you, you know, there are people with 
dispositions that are physically, you know, they've got chemical imbalances. I get it. But the problem is, is it's a slippery slope. These kinds of things, by the way, run in my family. I have a lot of family members who have said the exact same things that I'm talking about right now. And they all talk about how it's genetic and it's in our bloodstream and blah, blah, blah. That's a fucking cop out. You can get around this. You can. And you, can, you don't need a pill. You don't need all this stuff. You need to start doing the recipe that I put forth because yeah. it's tried and true. A guy like me with 30 years of this shit, 30 fucking years of this behavior. If I'm able to do it, so are you. Mm. And I believe you can do it. So uh, anyway, that's my that's my recipe. Yeah. I know, Brian, you probably have something similar to say or maybe <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you tell so me. Let me let me give you my perspective on it, because I also, you know, I, I wouldn't say suffer, but I deal with, you know, imposter syndrome, anxiety, you know, depre- a little bit of depression, of course, um, which kind of just kind of feeds into it. But what I have realized is that the most important time in your day is the first 30 minutes of your morning as soon as you wake up. And one of the things that I've realized is we as humans are very Pavlovian. You know, Pavlov's dog, the, you know, if you click the thing and you give it a treat, once it hears the click, it assumes that it should be getting a treat. So it it gets the same endorphin rush or the same you know, the same good feeling as if it had gotten a treat, even if it hasn't. So yes. what I've realized is that, you know, the the first 30 minutes or the the thing that the thing that determines a good day or a bad day for me is the first 30 minutes to an hour of my morning. If I wake up and I immediately get up, make myself breakfast, meditate, get my mind right, and then get my ass out into the shop. You know, like you said, you know, you you have to convince yourself to get up and go to the bathroom. Then you have to convince yourself to put your shoes on. Then, you, you know, if you if you do those things, if if you, you know, go to the bathroom, but then decide, you know, what, I'm just going to lay down for a second and check Facebook or, you know, scroll through Instagram, whatever. All of a sudden, though, that, you know, couple minutes that you're going to check think could turn into your whole day if you're if you're, you know, have the the down feeling in you. Because, you know, I have up days and I have down days. And when down days happen, a lot of the time, what what happens is I'm laying in bed, scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. And that can that can ruin an entire day because oh, because I didn't get up and start my day the way I should start my day. Because if I get up and I make my breakfast, that's a positive thing. I like breakfast. Everyone likes breakfast. OK, well, I'm going to get up and make myself you know, slice up an apple, eggs, toast, sausage, whatever. Like, of course, you know, that's not going to be every day. But, you know, you make yourself a breakfast that you look forward to. So, you know, the first thing you want to do is get up and have breakfast. Okay, well, if if in my mind, when I have breakfast, the next thing I do is meditate, then that's going to be the next thing on your list. So just like you're hearing that click, as soon as I start eating breakfast, I'm thinking, well, I, I really feel like I should be meditating. You know, I've, I'm looking forward to meditating. Okay, if I sit down and meditate for five or 10 minutes or whatever it is, if the next thing I do every day after meditating is p- get ready for, you know, get dressed, go out to the shop, then that's what you're going to do. If you break that that chain of events, that can put you on a trajectory that, you know, yes, maybe, maybe you break the chain of, of events and you know, you still end up in the shop that can happen. But if you break that chain of events, you're more likely to, 
regress and, you know, have something bad happen or have a down day. Like I say, like it, the, the days where I, my anxiety wins or my depression wins and I just sit inside. It is, it's funny because I am laying in bed or sitting on the couch all day, scrolling through Facebook or TikTok or whatever, but I do not feel any rest at the end of the day. It's not, even though my body is resting, I do not feel replenished because of it. I feel worse than if I worked out in the shop mm. mentally. That 30 minute, it, the intro to your day at 30 minutes, that is such a powerful thing that you, I, that makes so much sense, Brian. I never thought of it like that, but you're right. If I wake, so my routine is I wake up about 4.35 a.m. ish. And, um, if I sit in bed and scroll, do the doom scroll for 30 minutes, I don't, my day is kind of shitty. Yeah. So what I've learned is, is I, I wake up, I check for customer communications and you know, most, you know, it's work type stuff. And then if I don't have anything pressing, I, I try to immediately get up and go run. Yeah. And that has changed everything for me. And you're right. And, it's, and I, what's funny is you talked about uh, the meditation stuff that you were doing earlier in a couple episodes back. Yeah. And what I realized was I was kind of doing the same thing on the treadmills that I'm just yeah. listening to music and my mind is pretty much clear. Like I'm not thinking about much at all. I'm just kind of listening to the beat of the music and I'm running to the beat of the music. And oh, yeah. Meditation meditation doesn't, have to doesn't be quiet. Mean- yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean that you sit down on the floor and you go, um, for 15 minutes. Right. That's, that's a version of meditation. Sure. Like my version is I sit down and I just clear my mind and I, I try to, you know, sit in sunlight, you know, just something that feels positive and just clear your mind. For, if that is, if that is running on a treadmill is how you can clear your mind, then you get 30 minutes of that version of meditation. That's fucking awesome. It, it is. And and so I started thinking about that. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of the same thing Brian's doing. It's just yeah. that my mind is clear. I don't have anything yeah. going on in it. I'm just focusing on the rhythm of my feet and the rhythm of the music. I try to listen to music that will match my cadence when I'm running. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. I so. guess my big takeaway is, is the first 30 minutes is really huge. And if you're asking, you know, obviously – there are going to be days that you're going to have, you know, down days. Like I say, the the days where the depression or the anxiety or whatever wins and you have unproductive days. What I suggest is that if you when you have the good days, if you're going to post three times a day or four times a day, make seven pieces of content that allows you. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be crazy good content you know just take a picture of what's going on in your shop write up a quick little blurb about it put it in your drafts and now when you have a down day and that that you know the depression or the whatever wins you have something to post so that your your feed isn't blank you don't actually lose out in the algorithm you know, yes, it does. It makes you feel like an imposter because you're posting stuff on days that are as if you're working when you're not actually working, but your business still thrives, even if you you have a bad day. Yeah. I I like the, uh, the concept of, um, I had a buddy of mine who, who uh, he was, uh, he loved to ride motorcycles. So we would ride motorcycles together a lot. And um, in his house, he had just a sign 
up like in his kitchen and it just said this too shall pass yeah and it's something to remember because um i saw like a cheese ball uh tom hanks meme on uh or not meme but real where he's like this he was talking about the phrase this too shall pass remember you're having a great time today you're having a good time this too shall pass things yep. get can get bad and do and then also remember when things are shitty Hey, this, they get better. This shall pass. Yeah, this is the beauty of life, right? If everything was all rainbows and unicorn farts, you <laughs> High know, fives and hand jobs. Exactly. We we would we wouldn't know any different because right. human nature is that we get complacent. So I like to say that without darkness, there is no light. You, without you, forte, there is no piano, or without piano, there is no forte. Yeah, you have to have the contrast between the darkness and the light. But what the difference is uh, the people who give up, the people who um, don't get through the darkness, uh, and sometimes they're, they end their own lives or they do certain things that are just self-destructive, mm. is that you have the light inside of you. And it might just be in a box, and you just got to open the box. And you, those, opening that box is doing these recipes that we're talking about, these things, you know, daily things to keep you moving. Um, the, I was telling Steve Cal while we were cutting all that styrofoam, I said, you know, that there was one takeaway from that Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary that I watched on Netflix. And he said, every single time I was bored or, or I was depressed and anxious, I figured I was bored and I should be working. I should be doing more. I should be working harder. Mm. I need to go find something. He says, I think a majority of the problems of people with depression and anxiety is that they simply need purpose. They need mm. something to do that drives them. So here's some here's a point that I want to make is he takes that as, you know, I want to work. It feels good to work. So to me, when I am down and I'm depressed – um, if I, if it's a positive thing in my mind to go and work, then that's what I'm going to do. What I suggest is that you make those, like I was talking about the first 30 minutes, you make each of the, the things that put you on the progression of having a good day, put you on the trail of, of having a good day. Yes. Make those first steps, especially something you want to do, something that is positive, something that feels good, like making yourself breakfast, meditating, um, you know, every, get it, just going out and, you know, sitting in your shot. Like if you can, if you can start your day and have a good morning and do the things that are positive, that then leads you to have a better day for working out in the shop, then you're going to want to do that. If like me, your, your, you know, two mile thing, that would be something that I dread in the morning at this time, because my body is not used to that. That's something that you know, I would feel sore after or whatever, you know, if you start off, okay, well, you know, my, my first 30 minutes, I'm going to, you know, do a hundred pushups and all of a sudden you wake up and you're groggy and you don't want to do it. That gives yourself, it feels like it, it's that little bit of friction that allows you to, or allows the depression to say, ah, oh, fuck, you don't want to do that. You just sit here and scroll on Facebook. You you can you can give yourself 30 minutes of fucking around on your phone, and all of a sudden that can turn into a shitty day. Yeah, and I I, I see it the like like this. If I get up and run on that treadmill, even though I hate it, it's like the first, I don't like it. Sure. At the end of it, though, 
I'm happy with myself. That's true. Because I do feel like I achieved something in in the the first part of my day. Um, and and you know you can approach this in different ways. The but I think the major takeaway here is the action component. You know that you're actively seeking something positive to fill in the gap where that anxiety and depression could seep in. That's the that's the major takeaway here. And the fact that Jesse reached out and offered that uh, question um, is the sign to me that he's over it. That he wants to make a change. He doesn't. He know, he's tried a lot of things and he can't figure it out. And I think um, the pro- a lot of problem with uh, male culture, like being a, a man, is that we're not allowed to like talk about this stuff. And one of the things that I've tried to do with this podcast and a lot of my content is show that I have emotions. I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. I make shitty choices sometimes. Um, and it's okay. And that, yeah. and if you know, it doesn't mean that I'm any lesser of a person or I'm a wuss or I can't deal with things. I see it as a sign of strength. When people ask for help, it's a sign of strength. It's it's really saying like, hey, I need some help here. I can't do this on my own. But American in specific, American culture, male culture says, you don't have emotion. You're built for utility. Go to work. Shut the fuck up. Do your job. You know, be a husband. Be a father. Be, you know, you've got all these hats you have to put on every single day. And it's a lot to deal with, you know, and I get it. We, we we have it really great here you know i i'm i'm not complaining that i'm i was born in america as a white man right. what i'm saying is is that there are times when all of us get overwhelmed with trying to achieve or trying to be the best version of whatever it is that we're expected to be here's the thing if you're depressed and anxious you can't be that guy you can't be that guy for your kids the whole other part of this and the reason I started Housemade and I went for it hardcore, went, 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 went for it, was because I did not want my children to look at me and think I was down, depressed, anxious. Um, you know, I wanted my kids to see the best, happiest version of their dad. Right. That gave me so much energy to like fix this problem. Um, and there were periods of my life, and even recent years where I was um, self-medicating and they were watching that too. Mm. And it makes me sad that they had to watch that. They had to watch their father go through that. And I'm not proud of it. Um, uh, but I was trying. I was I was thinking that this was the answer and it was not the answer. And I feel like now in the last couple of years, I've really found the answer and using this these recipes that we've talked about here. So, um you know, I am not a psychologist. This is my just my take on this, and uh, from a real world ex- perspective. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You can adjust as necessary, but um, I truly believe that pretty much any, anybody can pull themselves out of this if they want it bad enough, and they can. They they. It's just like anything. If you want it bad enough, you'll achieve it. You'll go get it. Yeah. I am not Superman. I am not it's smart. We know this. I'm not. I'm average intelligence. We know that I'm not uh, above average in any regard. The only difference is, is that I have chosen to take action. I have said this so many times that I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'll outwork every single one of you. And it's the truth. Right. 
I just will. And that's because I have found purpose and passion in my work through making, through yes. building and making and making a difference in other people's lives by producing content. And yes. that's it. So there it is. Appreciate you. Guys. I feel I feel like, you know, I, I don't know if we've answered all of the question, but I feel like we've given a pretty damn good answer. It's a good answer. I I I hundred percent stand past stand on it that the, he'll get past this. And and, and it's the using these techniques. I'm also really glad that we didn't put this in the after show because I feel like, you know, this is a pretty good representation of what the after show kind of looks like. Question and answer. You guys get to ask us questions and we can put a half an hour. I mean, 35 minutes of content of actually diving into the question through ourselves, through our experiences. And, you know, yes, you know, this might be a little bit of a promotion for the after show, but I truly believe that today's show is something that everyone needs to hear that listens to us. Yep. Everyone has dealt with this, I would imagine, at some point in their yeah. lives. Yeah, 100%. So. so I'm glad. I'm really glad that we did this. I'm really. Me too. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for the Hell support yeah. and listening to Work For It podcast. We are hoping to see you on the next episode. Until next time. Work for it, guys. Work for it. See you later.